opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Housing Wire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the Housing Wire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. In today's episode, Housing Wire HW Plus Managing Editor Brenna Nath joins Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler to discuss the latest Realtrends 500 list, which ranks the largest real estate brokerage firms in the nation by transaction size and sales volume. The pair also review the recent median home sale price report from Redfin and examine what's been happening in some of the hottest housing markets across the country. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, Housing Wire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. Okay. Happy Monday, Sarah. The last Monday in March, which is exciting. Um, Thanks for joining us today. Of course. I love being on Monday morning cup of coffee. For those who aren't familiar, every Monday we go live in this Housing Wire Facebook group. If you're listening to us on the podcast, feel free to catch us there. Housing Wire Facebook, Housing Wire group. Um, you search it, you join. We go live around 8.30 Mountain Time. We'll do the fast math. It's about 9.30 Central Time. Kind of give you a behind-the-scenes look at what's coming across our news desk. We interview everyone from who we have right now, our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler, to our managing editor, James Kleiman, and pick their brains on the top stories that are coming across the news desk, what's piquing their interest, and also what to kind of look forward to for the week ahead. So excited to have Sarah joining us today. And then for those who don't know, I'm Brenna Nath, HW Plus Managing Editor here at Housing Wire, um, doing all things HW Plus magazine. So to say the least, March was a busy month and want to jump right in. So let's start off, Sarah, with our favorite question of kind of, we had some big news to say the least that came out recently. It's um, definitely came across our news desk. We've been working hard on it. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more and go into some detail about what that is? Sure. It's the Real Trends 500 list. And so Real Trends is now a sister company to Housing Wire. 
and we're super excited. They put together this incredible list of uh, the 500 top real estate brokerages, and that's by transaction size and by sales volume. So really comprehensive list that that um, requires a lot of research on their part, but always very highly anticipated. And this year was really interesting. So if you're looking at transactions, the top of the list is Home Services of America, which is a subsidiary of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. And they had like 343,000 brokerage sides and 150 billion in sales volume. Uh, so by transaction sides, the top five look like number two is Realogy, number three was EXP, Number four was Compass. Number five was Howard Hanna Realty, which is the top independent brokerage on the list. Um, but if you're going by sales volume, then it's a, a different story. Realogy comes out on top with more than 184 billion in volume, just huge volume. Um, so I would say check out the whole list at realtrends.com or uh, we did a story on Thursday on just like the top brokerages where we break out the top 10 and kind of look at what that looks like. What are the movers uh, on the list and, and look at it by sales volume and by transaction side. So, but just a huge list and a really interesting way to understand what's happening right now in the real estate world. I'll extra highlight your your kind of point in there about the different ways that they're breaking down the list. So if you do go to Real Trends website, there's so many different ways that you can categorize this looking like the top 10, the top 50 um, by transaction sides, by this, the top um, independent brokerages. And so really taking a look at that list and seeing how people rank, but also divvying it up in the different ways that they've really put a lot of time and effort into um, categorizing this list. So it's just not one long list, but there's also a lot of deeper dive data that we'll continue, continue to put kind of coverage around what all these kind of, I want to say mini, but separate lists within this are. Um, uh, there's just, we're going to be, we're going to be mining that data for, you know, the yeah. next year, because there's really so much there that you can talk about. And um, it's, it's rich for us, you know, and, and it really highlights um, a lot of my stories I was going to highlight today are real estate related because, yeah. This is a crazy market. If I mean, anyone who's involved understands it's a crazy market. We had last week, we had average home price, pro, ho, average home price hitting an all time high. So, you know, we had Redfin say that the median home sale price increased 16% year over year to $331,000. And of course that's, that's average. So you're talking, you know, that, I mean, that sounds low, but that's average. That's, or that's median. Um, and, and, 58% of homes that went under contract had accepted an offer within the first two weeks of the market. And that's in a four week period in March. So um, that that's crazy. 58% of homes less than two weeks um, between March 14th and March 21st. So that one week, 61% of homes sold in that time frame had been on the market two weeks or less and 48% almost half one week or less. That's across the country. That's, that's just a crazy volume of homes. <laughs> So, and we had nearly 40% of homes sold above their list price, which is another all-time high and something that um, is such a pain point for first-time home buyers coming in or anybody who's trying to compete with the 25, 30 offers on every house that they're seeing. So pretty, pretty amazing. I flag his newsletter a lot, but I would highly recommend reading. James Kleiman gets that like word on boots on the ground type of perspective. So his last two lending life newsletters, the first one he did on appraisal gaps. And then he just had one recently on contingencies and because of all of these offers and how competitive the market is, the people who are waiving contingencies right now. And I, I of course work 
alongside James, but I even responded to his appraisal gap email, like a normal everyday reader, sent him back an email and said, this is what a great no, this is so relatable. I had to go through this appraisal gap situation here where I live. Um, and so I'd highly recommend kind of getting his we, the broad level, you know, the market is really hot. Home prices are up. And then he goes in, talks to LOs, or if you are an LO, feel free to email him back. His inbox is open. As I also responded, got an email back from him to my thoughts and comments kind of um, from all the words that he's seeing. So I highly recommend signing up for the Lending Life newsletter to get kind of that extra feedback on these, these layers. But Diving more into the real estate side, Sarah, that you just mentioned, can you go a little bit uh, or dig a little bit more into the real estate stories that you're seeing outside of, you know, we just talked about the list. Yeah. So um, we're, we're really focusing because it's such a crazy market on Freddie Mac's hottest 25 Metro list. Um, And I think the thing that just struck me when I saw the list, the reason we're going through it is normally your hottest metros are going to be pretty standard, you know, West Coast, East Coast, big towns that we all know, you know, big cities. So it's going to be Seattle. It's going to be, you know, Silicon Valley. It's going to be San Francisco. None of these. I mean, these are all like second, I would even say third tier cities. Um, And so it's just such an interesting list right now. So the first one we did was Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, We talked about a couple of weeks ago Um, on Friday, we published a story about Portland, Maine, uh, which has seen, you know, an incredible increase. That market has less than a month's inventory right now. And that's because they've seen a huge interest from people leaving a lot of New England cities, but especially Boston. In fact, they're the number one destination for people looking outside of Boston. And so you're seeing... Uh, incredible things. Starting last summer, they had inventory drop 25% over a typical summer. Meanwhile, all these, all this new demand, and I think that that's really um, indicative of, of what housing markets are going through right now. You have terrible low in- inventory, you've got way more interest, and so you see prices through the roof, which just goes back to our last story about why prices are so high. But in individual markets, you're seeing that. So their median listing price is up 8.9% year over year. But what those houses are actually selling for is up 31% over last February. 31%. I mean, that's crazy if you own a house there, right? Um, so we're really looking at that uh, hottest 25 metro list. It's a really interesting list. You have like five, four or five from Idaho on there. So you just see, we continue to see that migration from Silicon Valley over into adjacent areas. Next up, we're going to be looking this week at Bay City, Michigan, which is outside of Detroit. Um, and then after that, a few of the markets in Utah, which again, are seeing some of that tech uh tech trending coming in there, but, but really markets I've never heard of in Utah. So it's just a really crazy, (laughs) crazy time. And if you're, you're a real estate agent, you're frustrated, you're doing all the work, putting all those contracts together, but winning very few of them. Uh, Because, you know, if you have 25, 30 contracts on a house, then you have 25, 30 real estate agents who are putting in all that work, who aren't getting paid for any of that work. And they might do that over and over and over as they're trying to get their buyers in. So it's, it's been a really crazy market. Uh, I, it's been interesting to have a unique bird's eye view into the Colorado Springs market in the Pueblo article. And it makes you wonder like across markets across the nation, I told the person who wrote that article. So Tim Glaze, who, um, has been covering the real estate markets that Pueblo is, it is more affordable than the Springs in Denver, but a huge thing that you lose, which is a big reason people move to Colorado is the mountains. And even your temperature difference down there, it, it could be completely dry, no snow, 
we're just 30 minutes north of them and we have a full dumping of snow and just interesting that perspective of, okay, all these people are moving to these outside suburb markets outside of these big cities, but that small gap in change can create a lot of besides affordability. What all, what else, you know, when people have this list of must have wants to have, what are we giving up needs to have to pick their new home in order to get into the market. So I'm excited to read all those local market pieces um, and a lot of real estate agents um, voices on that. And so I do have um, an HOE plus piece on the local markets. So Matthew Blake, who is our senior real estate um, writer, he has been for the magazine interviewing different agents across the nation, similar to these pieces, but really any market and getting a boots on the ground view from local real estate agents on what they're seeing. And it's, it's been fascinating to read. He did like Bowling Green, which is uh, where Cor- the Corvette is uh, headquartered and where they make the Corvette. And, you know, it's a market that no one ever really hears of, but that market is super hot. Houses are going like crazy to your point of like these smaller markets are just as busy and just as hot. It's really crazy. And I just think it'll be interesting to see a couple of years from now because, you know, our people, you know, we know the pandemic people want to spread out and we know right now people have that flexibility if they, if they can work from home. So it, it is going to be interesting to see. On the other hand, if you're an employer and your people have actually moved out during this time and bought a house, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty planted there. So how are you going to get them back? So interesting. Uh, We're seeing a lot of um, employers now kind of uh, announcing whether people are coming back in or what their policies are going to be. So we'll yeah. be looking at that for the mortgage industry too. Are there going to be yeah. continued flexibilities by the end of the summer or, or are we going to see more people want people to come into their corporate headquarters? Yep. I small, I think we all have our own mini case studies about where we're, what, where we're at, but I do know I've thought about obviously Logan's data heavily right now talks about the demographics. We have the strongest demographics right now to buy a home And I've been wondering just in my own conversation with friends, different ones have moved back home with their parents because they haven't been able to spend time with their parents before. So they moved back home just to save money on rent and how much money right now is possibly getting saved that wouldn't have been saved that could eventually fuel the housing market or fuel this and how many friends I've had or talked to, especially between girlfriends, we've talked a lot with friends about paying off debt, how many friends I've watched and listened to been able to pay off debt over the past year since there's nothing, there's nothing else for them to do. They move back home with their parents. They didn't have to pay rent um, and seeing how that plays out on the housing market in the year ahead. So that might also just mean the market will continue to stay busy as more people enter it. 30, the 30 year old age range is um, uh, very much about to enter or entering actively the housing market. Super interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah, I had two of my kids uh, live with me last year for five months. They actually still had to both pay rent on their apartments where they were, where they were from, but um, still, I mean, <clears throat> your average person, we're just not spending that much because you can't go out and do as much as you'd like. So I, I really do think there's going to be huge pent up demand when we can do that. That's the word I'm looking for, pent up demand. Well, speaking of Logan, wanted to quickly touch on HW Plus. For those who don't know, Logan Matashami, he's our um, Housing Wire lead analyst. He dives into a lot of the housing and economic reports. So we've all been watching, following the existing home sales, new home sales. He's come out regularly 
Um, and each time we kind of do the normal report on, okay, here's what existing home sale says. And then we also get a take from Logan on what he sees in the story. So for example, new home sales came out last week. The Census Bureau reported that in February, 2021, new single family home sales were at a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 775,000, which is a big miss from estimates. So that's the number that the Census Bureau reported to Logan. He said that because February sales last year in 2020, right before entering the pandemic, were so strong that the year-over-year growth in sales for February 2021 is impressive at 9.1%, and then kind of digs more into that data. So I know Sarah's been editing him a lot, kind of being able to get a first-hand look at the pieces that he's putting out, but he really just takes the numbers and the estimates or the hit or the misses that are coming out with these reports and then gives you his take on like, here's what you need to take away. Here's why maybe right now we shouldn't look at year over year data for this specific report, especially knowing that last year was such a unique year. So if we compare everything to last year, what are the extra details that Logan's pointing out? Keep this in mind because this happened in 2020 or keep this in mind as we go ahead because of lumber construction pieces like that. And so right now, all of his content, his deeper dives for his unique takes are behind the HA plus paywall. And so Sarah, I wanted to give you a quick chance to kind of touch on the piece that he has coming out today. Yeah. So he uh, wrote a piece today that is on sort of exactly what we were talking about, the stimulus checks, um, inflation, what does that look like, mortgage rates, and and what, what those three things those ingredients look like for the housing market for the rest of this year. And um, his stuff is hugely popular with our readers because he was very uh, right last year when he called some things that no one else called about when he saw the recovery starting to happen and and what that would look like. And and really it played out, couldn't have played out more perfectly than what he said. So uh, we love really having him as our lead analyst and really giving us a, a insight into what's coming. And I think there's a lot of questions right now with inflation, especially, and mortgage rates. You know, you, you have you have rates going up, obviously, but then you have some other things uh, in play as well. So yeah, that's great. And I would, I would love for you, Brenna, to tell us a little bit about HW+. We, we say that like people know what that is. And really about this time last year, we launched our membership program, which is called HW+. And it's really to provide premium content to, to HW plus members. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about that. Crazy to think it's been a year. So we did launch last year around this time. Um, HW plus, if I had to put kind of a few quick high level words around it to describe it, it's really the, that deeper dive content, but also I would say community and exclusive access to things within the newsroom. So between getting you know, around five new pieces of HW plus exclusive content. You get the pieces from Logan, where he does the deeper dive on the economic reports. You get the longer pieces from our newsroom. And when I say longer, you have your normal hits. Logan's a great example of it. You have your standard report. This is what existing home sales does. HW plus content goes, okay, what does this mean for the industry? So a lot of us have been tracking the UWM broker war with quick and rocket right now. And so we had the initial news on this is what happened. And then our managing editor, James went back in and he interviewed all these LOs. He interviewed both the companies and figured out what exactly this means for the industry and what people are their takeaways for. And a lot of it right now is forward looking. So what does this look like for the road ahead? Not just always a look back, but what do you need to know to operate to head into the rest of 2021? So outside of the content, you also get our magazine, 
Um, we have 10 issues a year right now. I can't believe we're about to hit April 1st for the new magazine, which is focused on the closing, uh, and title industry, which we know last year, if you, there was a word that probably came to the surface really quickly last year, it was Ron. And I mean, national coverage on this idea that we can't close at a normal closing table at a title company. So all of these states, one focused all of a sudden on remote online notarization, what can we do to allow people to still close their homes? It was a busy market. So that's an issue that I would really pay attention to. And because of how many states last year adopted raw notarization, not all of them adopted notarization or RON for the long term. So there's a lot of stuff that happened last year when it comes to title and closing that we're closely watching because all of this legislation might have been temporary. Some of it might have been permanent and understanding what does this mean for my state going ahead and what will it take now that a lot more people are aware or maybe more people are educated on what e-closing is what is more likely to stick around since there's a lot more awareness around what this is and how it's needed, stuff like that. So that issue is what I would watch. I can't believe April 1st is on Thursday. So that's when it'll be going live, the digital issue. And then outside of that, you also have the Slack channel, which is where the direct line to the newsroom comes into play. We post the stories there first. Um, I know I'm listing a lot, but really it's, it's this idea of there's so many extra pieces of content in the mortgage industry right now, in the real estate industry. And we want you to have as much information as, as much knowledge as possible to navigate the road ahead. Since things are changing so fast, this is an industry that we have a new administration. So there's constant new, um, new, you know, regulation. Maybe there's new legislation. There's new ways of doing things for the road ahead for the new administration. And we're trying to stay on top of all of that and give you this deeper dive for the road ahead. So a lot of that to say, we're almost a whole quarter into 2021, but that's really kind of the heart of H3 plus right now. I think, I think the thing is, you know, housing wire has always been, all of our content has been in front of the paywall and still so much of our content will is and will remain in front of the paywall. We really feel like we're news nowhere else. And we are committed to that service journalism, to giving um, people the information they need about real estate, mortgage, um, servicing, secondary market, very much about that. But we also wanted to invest in the kind of journalism that really will make a, um, what I would think a competitive difference in someone's business. And that's really where you get HW plus, which is, uh, it's news nowhere else, but it, it's a it's at a deeper level. And we really see this, um, the desire for that from our audience. And so we've been really excited about that. And we've really invested in that kind of journalism with some of our hires and, and the people that we're paying to, to do that kind of deeper dive. And, you, and the other thing you get with HW Plus is our events. You get um, full access free as part of your HW Plus membership. I'm the person who puts together the content for our events. So we just had our spring summit. We're about to have engaged marketing. We'll have um, HW annual in the fall. And all of those are free for HW Plus members. And that is to me a huge value add that you get with this. Yeah, yeah. and that's a whole nother section for HW Plus. And all, all of those sessions from the events are on demand on the website. So we know that we have, if we haven't said it enough, we're a busy industry. So if you can't catch it in the moment, or if you want to carve out um, an hour of your day every day for two weeks and use that hour to do some, um, you know, dedicated kind of lunch and learn for yourself or with your team to do is uh, to kind of go forward. That's also accessible just in case you can't make those day of events. So between the events, um, the content, the magazine, there's so much content there. So feel free. If you would like a discount, feel free to send me an email at bnath.housingwire.com. Um, I know we mentioned a lot of different kind of links here, but feel free to just kind of respond to that and we'll get you um, set up. But yeah. with that, 
Yeah. I think you said that now Logan is exclusively, if you want to read Logan, he's exclusively behind that um, HW plus paywall because we feel like that is incredibly uh, important information for people and uh, it's, it's stuff you need to know. So that's exciting. Channel the deeper dives and feel free to catch us all on clubhouse sometimes where we kind of <laughs> dig into it more along with the website and kind of drill into a lot of this data. But I will, um, as we kind of head right back into the Monday, Sarah, just wanted to say thank you for joining us. We know it's going to be, um, a jam packed week with a lot of news that, um, people want to hear and see. So feel free to check our website for the latest updates, but thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow. Tomorrow.